Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down Welcome the Welcome everybody to another episode of Pigeons in a Pod. I'm your host, uh, Corrado, and I'm joined here with Nathan, Eli, and Alex. So going on, boys? What's up? What's up, Corrado? A little bit of uh, three and a half Floridians in this podcast. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, that's an unfair home ice advantage, right? <laughs> Uh, so today we'll be diving in a little bit with the whole Ico Buffalo situation. Seems like it's every episode we talk about something new with Ico, and then uh, a little bit of a late first round playoff predictions after that. So um, yeah, with Ico, it's uh, you know something new every week. It seems like over there in Buffalo, he um, now, what's going on now is basically he obviously got injured this season, and uh, there's you basically wanted or got a second opinion um, and he wants to get the surgery based off of the second opinion and uh, the team's telling him, no, like, don't do it. It's not worth it. Uh, it's something, there's something up wrong up in his neck. And uh, basically it's a surgery that's never been done on a, um, on an NHL player before. And I don't know. It's just, it's strange. And he just seems so dejected. He, he, it's so obvious that he wants out despite him requesting a trade. What do you guys think? I mean, I think like Buffalo just has a hard time handling amazing players. Like they've had so many go in and out that just, they can't stay. And I think Jack Eichel is no exception to that. And that starts from the management to right down to the players that are on the ice. And like, if, I don't know, I don't think a team has a right to tell a player not to prioritize their health in fear of him being too hurt to play or too like it, it being too risky for him. I think that's a decision the player has to make. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think we kind of touched on it. Um, I think it was either last episode or the episode before kind of Buffalo just seems to kind of drive these guys away. I mean, there's been countless number, countless players that have just decided to leave and, you know, at some point, the trend just becomes the norm. So maybe Buffalo just can't handle star players. I don't know. But, I mean, it looks like it's another young guy who's just going to get out of Buffalo and probably flourish somewhere else, unfortunately for them. Yeah, um, Buffalo's a – well, I know we say dumpster fire on this podcast, but honestly, you can't have that many players go in and out of your system. Like, just in the last decade, we've seen Ryan O'Reilly – leave win the con smite evander kane when he left at least for that first year and like san jose has kind of fallen off a cliff the last couple of seasons but that first year um i think they went to the cup i don't know if kane was on that team but anyways he played really well he got a contract and yeah now you have jack eichel who wants his way out don't be surprised and if two three years rasmus darlene's fed up with it too I mean, Ristolainen is the guy that's been there the longest, pretty much, and he's been trying to get out forever from the way it seems. Like, every year at the end of the season when they do their press conference, he's just like, I don't like this. Like, we haven't made the playoffs since I've been drafted. And um, there's just so many, like, players that they've gotten that could have a lot of potential. And I know Nathan brought it up in one of the last episodes. Guys like Alex Nylander and... 
just like there's so many young guys they kind of given up on Casey Middlestad. There's so many young guys they've given up on too early. And then look at Brandon Montour. Um, when the Panthers made the trade for him, I said this could be a great move. And the Twitter analyst came at me saying he has the worst statistics in the last three seasons in the NHL. I'm like, yeah, he also played in Buffalo. And yeah, Brandon Montour is sick now. So have a day, uh, Twitter analyst. But yeah, that something's going on in Buffalo. They need to have a, I don't know, it's a culture change. Um, the, so like someone needs to stop putting in so much effort in that team. We kind of like how Jerry Jones runs the Cowboys. I don't know what's going on in uh, Buffalo, but uh, the Pagulas need to do something about that because it's getting ridiculous at this they point. Have, You're the they ha- yeah, they have like six scouts. I think they like. They they're just they're from the from the players to the management to the ownership everything is just going going south. There's, it doesn't there's seem like nothing to cares. look at. Yeah, I mean, I um, think that's when you see an organization falling apart, kind of thing. Like, you know, we saw it with like Atlanta turning into Winnipeg again. Like these like teams fall apart, and like this is where it happens, and it might take half a decade to for it to like really go into effect, and for someone to say, okay, this isn't working in Buffalo and we need to figure it out, but this is how it starts. So are there, uh, what do you guys think are, uh, if Eichel is wearing a different uniform next season, which one is it going to be? There's, uh, it's been a bunch of like talk about, you know, the Rangers, the Kings. Well, I think those I'll, two. Go, I'll go in first. So I think in terms of who has the, pr- who's willing to give up the right amount for him, it would be LA. Um, also, the New York thing, it, it would make sense, but I read stuff from The Athletic saying, I believe it was The Athletic or NHL.com saying, the untouchables in an Eichel trade are Kako, Adam Fox, and, and Lafreniere. That's what you want, though. <laughs> That's, like, like you're you obviously want at least can't one of them. You yeah. can't trade Panarin, but like, are you serious? Adam, like, Adam Fox has had an unbelievable season, but you're telling me Adam Fox is an untouchable in a trade for Jack Eichel? Like, who are you going to give up? You have so, no one else. Like, Keandre Miller, that's not going to get you Jack Eichel. Who, I think L.A. Who would you move for if you're L.A., though? Because, like, well, I, I feel like the Rangers makes more sense because they're closer to win now than um, L.A. is. Well, you know? I don't – Buffalo doesn't – Buffalo doesn't care who's win now. Buffalo cares about who's going to get you – but would the, L.A. The trade and those prospects? Also think, also would they think, trade, like, a guy well, like – it sounds like New York doesn't want to trade their prospects. So I don't think LA gives up byfield, but LA I think has the best prospect depth in the NHL. So they still got guys um they have Turcotte, they have um Akil Thomas. They have like five or six like top-rated prospects who are in their early 20s. And then you give up more draft picks because I don't think LA makes the playoffs next year either. So it's like you're not going to win a Jack Eichel trade because teams know that you're kind of in a situation where it's like, well, we don't have to give up everything for for Jack Eichel at this point. You 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 got you got to believe whatever team he goes to includes a first round pick this season too, but. Even I'd then, say at least two first round picks. To even be then, with this season, like a first rounder this year is like, it's not really worth much just because these kids haven't been playing for long. And you really also, like I said, Buffalo doesn't have the scouts to know who to take with whatever pick they have. So it's like, 
you know. Yeah, yeah, I think he's probably going to go to L.A. too. Um, for me, I'd probably see maybe Turcotte, like I have follow, and then maybe a first in the second or two firsts. Something they could like give that. up a, a Velarde or a Clegg too, just to throw it in. Like those are pretty. Like those are like if they're not A tier prospects, they're high end B tier prospects. Yeah, I mean, I will say with the uh, the trade, like Alex said, I mean, I don't think Buffalo will win no matter what, and I don't know if the fans will win either because some some awesome young player is going to go to Buffalo to waste to get traded in a few more years so it's true that's kind of tricky but um i would love to see eichel play somewhere else i think he could really flourish somewhere else all right then uh moving on to the um to the playoff uh predictions now obviously like i said a little late it's tuesday so we got uh two games out of the washington uh boston series and then one game out of everything else except the north because the NHL is not smart, but anyway, <laughs> let's um, <clears throat> let's start with the West Division. So last night, Colorado St. Louis played, and um, Bennington uh, kind of stole the show for a little bit there for the first uh, two and a half periods, and then kind of started to go downhill for St. Louis. I mean, you can only contain Nathan McKinnon for so long in a hockey game. I feel yeah. like. And I think we saw that just like it was a perfect example last night. Like, yeah, Bennington was playing on like he was standing on his head, obviously, all night. And then Nathan McKinnon comes in and he does what Nathan McKinnon does best. And he just roofs two shots. So like <laughs> I see mean, his empty netter. He, he drilled that thing into the yeah, net. And yeah, he just slided it. <laughs> that's just what Nathan McKinnon does. He doesn't know how to score goals any other way. So I mean, that that playoff series to me. I mean, Nathan McKinnon could put it all on his back and take it by himself. Honestly, I think he's that caliber of player. He's, I mean, he's no Connor McDavid, but he could have a similar effect in a series, I think, especially against a team like St. Louis. Um, not to say St. Louis doesn't have a chance. Obviously, you know, they got some depth there. They want a couple of a couple of guys that they have on that roster still, obviously. Um, Ryan O'Reilly will be a big factor in that. I think they need to figure out the whole scoring thing. I, I mean, Colorado's just a team of elite scorers that are going to put up a lot of goals every game and you have to be able to compete with that. Yeah. I think Colorado is maybe one of the most complete teams we've seen in a, a good little bit. I mean, they got really good defensemen. Grubauer is a solid goalie. He's solid enough to win you a Stanley cup, certainly. And like their offense, like Eli said, is just so good. I mean, their depth is phenomenal, but that first line, I mean, Landis Gog, McKinnon, you got, um, oh, man, why am I blanking? Rantanen. I mean, and then you got, like, some really good players behind them, too. You got Kadri. You got Newhook, the uh, the young guy. Jost. So, Jost has really stepped into his own, too, this season. Yeah, I mean, they are just – they're built for the playoffs. They kind of came out with um, a little bit of energy I didn't really expect. You know, they, they seem to know that this year we really got to get it done. They, they hammered – the Blues, they, they had 49 shots last night. Wait. And McKinnon looked, like, really good. He looked phenomenal. He looks hungry, too. So, I'm excited to continue to watch these guys because I think they're going to make a deep run. Nathan, are you saying it's possible to build a, uh, a Stanley Cup caliber team without going 15 mil over the cap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we'll have to touch seven, on that seven, one. Seven, uh, yeah, we'll, later, uh, we'll get to that I one. do think it is possible. <laughs> I've been on like three shows in the past two days, and I think 
everyone mentioned circumventing the cap. So <laughs> I think I'm going to tone it down a bit on this episode. Um, so predictions. Yeah, I, uh, oh, I, I was going to say, I, I think it's going to be Colorado in five or six. I don't, I don't think they're going to sweep. I think Bennington can steal a game himself, but, um, yeah, I don't think a, it's much of a question. Colorado yeah. taking that series. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said Colorado in four before the game yesterday, and then I saw Bennington make 45 saves. So <laughs> I think he steals at least a game, but Colorado is the superior team and there's no question about it. You could just see like guys, like they had four guys, four or five guys clocking over 22 miles per hour on, on, on skates yesterday, which is crazy. Nathan McKinnon, if he catches an edge, he might break the boards with the speed he's going. Like <laughs> Chris Drieger's in that. Drieger is the starter. Yeah. Sorry to disrupt okay. you, but yeah, nah, Chris, Chris again, the nod. Yeah. Jameson, Jameson Olive. Olive. The Panthers said he was in the starters crease, and then that's weird, man. That's really weird. I didn't Ooh. think Bob played at all, but you know what? Yandel's still in the lineup. Look, to Keith some Yandel's still in the lineup. Let's, let's, let's not we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll touch on that. Yeah, we'll stay in the West. That's the yeah. problem with having uh, Panthers fans on the pod. <laughs> Fair Col- Fair Colorado's taking the series. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, easy, easy Colorado in five for me. Move on to the Minnesota. Yeah. I think this is going to be a fun series, no matter how, my, how long it goes. Minnesota was my sleeper team heading into the season. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Man, Cam Talbot, what, 40 saves in the shutout? 40 saves, 42. 42 one, one nothing game, 42 save shutout. Man, I've never Can't seen him play much well. more. He was phenomenal. So Listen, what? Some, players, some players just know how to step up. In the playoffs, you know, some players just are able to flick that switch and like this is playoff hockey and I'm going to play the best hockey I've ever played in my life. And I think that's what Devin Dumnik was probably doing the other night. Can't tell it. Can't, Can't tell, tell it. it. That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so a, a lot of people are saying like, you know, at the end of the day, sure, Minnesota won, but it was also 42 shots to like 24, 25, whatever it was. And I'm just like, yeah, but a win like that really can turn turn a locker room. You know what I mean? That can that that can spark some energy, and you know, when uh, all four lines. And I think Minnesota's played better than what their record suggests. They got off to a slower start, but then second month onward, they're just a wagon. Like they're they're. I'm gonna stick to my prediction. I had Vegas, but I had it in seven. I I really do think this series is gonna go the distance, and I think at, at the end of the day, with the Vegas's firepower and flurry and that, I think they're gonna come out on top. It's not, it's not going to be easy, but I do think they're going to come out on top. Yeah, I mean, I picked, I picked Vegas in seven as well, but after that first game, I'm not really sure. I mean, we saw it last year. Vegas kind of struggles to score in the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to be able to turn that around, but a 40-save shutout from Cam Talbot will really put a damper on the mood in the room, I know, especially when you know you've been struggling to score in the playoffs traditionally. And I don't know. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury looked great, so they don't need to score too much, but you can tell he's I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Minnesota found a way to steal this one. But it's definitely going to go to the distance, seven games, either way. Yeah. Uh, um, I had Minnesota winning the series before game one, and I'm sticking with that. Minnesota in seven, I think. Even though Vegas could win the cup, I think Minnesota – just has something about them where I could see them make an upset. I've been a huge Kevin Fiala fan forever. 
Um, Kirill Kaprasov. Is it Kaprizov? They call it Kaprizov now, right? That's what he likes to be called by. Anyway, yeah, I think Kaprizov, that's Kaprizov's an absolute stud. And they got good complimentary pieces. I mean, Zach Parise is on that team. Ryan Suter, Matt Zuccarello. And then, obviously, if Cam Talbot can stand on his head like that against one of the best teams in the NHL, this is a very, very underappreciated Minnesota team. And, you know, they, they showed in game one they can hang with the best of them. So, I'm taking Minnesota in Talbot. I don't know if Cam Talbot can do that for seven games. Like, well, he, he might not have to do it for seven. The boys in front of him might have to step up, though. They they got a lot of good defensive pieces. Like they got they got a lot of good uh, guys in the D zone. I, I forgot was really I, good in the D zone last yeah, game. Yeah, and I forgot Dumba. They still have Dumba. They still have yeah, Erickson. It's, it's a pretty Greenway. It's a, it's, a, it's a built team, and they got some big bodies. Like you just said, Jordan Greenway, Nick Bukestad. Jordan They're Greenway, not he's a, he's a play playoff against. player. Jordan Greenway. That's that's one of those guys. Like you think back to um, oh, I'm blanking. Joel Ward. That that's that's someone that that um, Greenway is going to remind me of just because he he has that big body and he, he seems like someone who's going to get it done more in the playoffs and in the regular season. Um, Devontae Smith Pelly did something similar. I think we might see something similar to what Smith Pelly did for Washington. Mm-hmm. When they uh, went on that cup run, that he was Smith unbelievable. Pelly, the Smith Pelly Eller combination that playoff run was um was just crazy. Like nice to see two former Habs actually like contribute to a Stanley Cup. Oh, and an important note too is uh, Parise wasn't in the lineup for Game One, and he's traditionally been pretty elite in the playoffs. I mean, he hasn't been; he's only been twice in the last, I think, like four or five years. But I think he's put up just about a point per game both times so watch out for him when he comes back all right let's uh, move on to the east so we got pittsburgh and new york islanders that's the one versus four um i didn't catch much of that first game only i only caught the uh the overtime but uh i, I heard paul mary kind of stole the show there with the islanders he had uh what two goals i think yeah yeah the game right. goal in overtime yeah I don't know. I, I had Pittsburgh and I'll be honest, I kind of had Pittsburgh in five. I thought, I thought that they were just gonna, you know, Ooh. steamroll them. I don't know. I Pittsburgh at the beginning of the season, when you look at that, um, when you looked at the, that, that the East division, it's like, okay, so you, you got to think that Pittsburgh Washington's a lock and you got to think that Boston's also a lock. And then you I also thought Philly got, was a lock after last season. And then they yeah. just absolutely fell asleep. And then, you know, the Rangers, Islanders, and... I had no confidence in the Rangers. Really? Nah. Even with Panarin? I know a lot... They had Panarin last year, and I didn't think Lafreniere... Rookies traditionally don't do much in their 18-year-old season unless you're Matthews, Crosby, like, Ovechkin, like, Lion, and, like, had those kind of seasons. Like David. That yeah, I mean, too. Jesus. Yeah. But, like, Lafreniere was a little bit of a different case. He's going to be good, but no, I didn't think the Rangers were going to make the playoffs. The Islanders are superior to them, I think. Yeah, especially not in that division, especially when you got Boston, Washington, and Pittsburgh, who you know are going to make the playoffs, and then you're all fighting for that fourth spot. And, like, it's just crazy. I think the Islanders, like, they've just been one of those teams that's just been so deep and in their systems are so well-trained, and they know what to do on the ice. And I think that's why they have a chance against a team like Pittsburgh. I still have Pittsburgh in seven, but – um, I think I think the Islanders put up a fight for sure. Like we saw it in that game, Palmieri turned into 
Uh, he turned into a different player. He put up two goals after the trade deadline all regular season, and he puts up two in his first playoff game. Like Blue's got a lot battle. Of that, hey? Lamorello is former player, like from years ago, and then he goes and acquires him. Yeah. Was he a draft pick? Was was he one of lose draft picks? He must have been. Palmieri. Sure, honestly. Yeah. I can't. I don't know. Palmieri's been around a while. He so is Lou, games. though. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lou is like. Lou's probably sitting in like his um. You know, I imagine he has like a very like large chair in a dark room, and he's just like laughing with a weird smile after Palmieri <laughs> got the game winner. So Palmieri was uh, an Anaheim was a, yeah, duck duck. Draft, draft pick, yeah, in yeah. 20, 2009. That's Palmieri it? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's only 30. He's about the same age as Tavares. So wait, did he not hit 1,000 games, or is that someone else? Or did he? was he the one that hit 1,000? Yeah, maybe he hit 1,000. Maybe Zajac. Do you think it is Zajac? Is, is, is Palmieri from Winnipeg, or is Zajac from Winnipeg? Whoever's from Winnipeg won the uh, hit 1,000 games. That's all I know. Well, Palmieri's American, so he's definitely not All right, so it's Zajac. <laughs> Alex, who, who do you have in this uh this series? Um even after game one, I still have Pittsburgh in seven. I think both Pittsburgh and Washington have maybe one more really good run in them. Maybe not a cup run, but a pretty deep playoff run. And seeing Sidney Crosby play is always a treat, especially in the playoffs. And that guy is still a top five player in this league, and you can't tell me otherwise. The amount of work he was putting in in that game. I mean, that goal he scored was absolutely unbelievable. The one-handed deflection. He tipped it. He knew exactly where that puck was going to go. Only Crosby can do that. Yeah, it doesn't get um, more Sidney Crosby. It's, it's, just, it's just an absolute class performance by him. He knows how to put in the work. And the team still, like, the team had a good season this year. There's no doubt about it. I didn't expect them to have a season like that, especially after losing to Montreal on the play-in especially after making some questionable moves in the offseason. The one thing is, what's going on with the goalie situation? Because I've had some Penguins fans text me, like, what the heck's going on with Jari? Jari let in a couple weak ones from what I heard. I didn't exactly see it. I heard he got lit up on the glove side a couple times. Nathan, what do you think about that? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I that's the one thing that's holding me back from uh, really going with Pittsburgh. That's why I picked uh, the Islanders in seven. But, yeah, I mean – Tristan Jari's kind of always been a little bit shaky. You know, he went in last year after Matt Murray had started the first two and he, he pretty much struggled. I mean, I hate to say it, but he was not great. And then yesterday, I mean, it seemed like after the first period, the Islanders bench got some Intel from maybe a video guy or an assistant coach or something, because they were all shooting glove side and there was a lot of bobbles. And then the last two goals both went in on the glove side and, he wasn't catching a lot. It seems like he wasn't tracking the puck as well because he got beat too from maybe the hash marks or the top of the circle glove side, which um, that should be a save, um, especially if you're a former NHL all-star like Tristan Jari. So I think that's something that, to bring up about uh, the Washington series. a little concerning, series. but we'll see, how, see if he can turn it around. Um, I think there's a similar problem in the Washington series too. Like with Craig Anderson in Washington, like I don't like, obviously Craig Anderson's had a great career, but how are you going to sit on a guy like that to win you a Stanley cup? I don't know what yeah. their plan. Like, I mean, obviously they were like stuck out of options when Henrik Lundqvist, what happened at the beginning of the year happened. And then like, you can't see that coming obviously, but I don't know. I don't know how you can say that Craig Anderson's going to be like your man, you know, 
And that's why the Panthers kept Chris Drieger. Because, look, Bobrovsky played a great game, and he's not even in the starter's crease tonight. Sure. That's before, unbelievable. Uh, before, before we go on to Washington, Boston, uh, Malkin didn't play. That's, that's, yeah, he did not play. That's true. It's kind of, it's kind of a big, uh, big, big, a big time thing. player <laughs> to not play the first game. I don't know what his uh, timeline's like, but uh, if he can, if he plays this series, then I think, uh, I think Pittsburgh really has a good shot. Can mm-hmm. we say something really quickly? The first five playoff games were all one goal games, and four oh, of yeah. the first five went to overtime. I love it. Yeah, unreal. Oh, and real quick, I just want to throw this in quick too. Jeff Carter, I mean, wow, this guy has looked really good in Pittsburgh. I know there well, was uh, something mm. with the deal where if he plays, I think another maybe two more seasons um, with Pittsburgh, LA gets something else out of the deal, and looks like he could play for a while because he's been really good in Pittsburgh. Nine so or nine goals in his first fourteen games with Pittsburgh. That's kind of it's kind of elite. So if Jeff Carter plays two seasons in Pittsburgh, Buffalo is getting something else in that Eichel deal. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right. So the only series to have been played two games by this point. Uh, we got Washington, Boston. They're tied at two. No, sorry, tied at one. one. Um, and both of them went to overtime. So uh, I had Boston and seven. I think this is gonna be. I think this is probably the series to watch. If you're not uh other than like your team that you're watching, this is. This is going to be a war, I think, between these two teams. They're built quite similarly. Um, I just, I think, uh, I just think Boston's going to take it because you look at the last couple weeks of the season. Ovechkin um, and Backstrom <clears throat> didn't play, so they they're coming into Game One a little bit rustier. Um, but with two games under the belt, I don't know. But I, I, I like Boston in seven. Well, um. I had Washington in seven until I realized Craig Anderson is their fourth choice goalie. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Henrik Lundqvist doesn't play this year. Ilya Samsonov's injured. Vita Vitacek. Um, also, oh, Samsonov's on the COVID list. Oh, he's on the COVID list. All right, yeah. So it's Kuznetsov, right? I think Kuznetsov yeah. is too. Yeah. So we don't know when Samsonov's back. So right now you're running your fourth, your fourth option goalie, who's. Last playoff game before so Michael game Hutchinson one. energy for the Avalanche last season. Oh, it's like <laughs> how 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 long can you ride on um Craig Anderson when you have Tuka Rask in the other net? You know, as much as I like Chris it was the and, same uh, thing. And Craig Anderson, it's like wasn't it? Uh, did it? It was 2016 where Ottawa beat Boston in the first or second round, I think, and it was the same matchup. Rask versus 2017. Uh, See, the 17? thing is, Craig Anderson was having a world of a year in 2017. That entire team was. So that was the last playoff series he played in Game 7, double overtime or whatever. Yeah, when they lost to Pittsburgh to Chris lost. school, yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's that. the last time before game before Craig Anderson came in relief in Game 1 that he played meaningful hockey. Yeah. That's the one concern. And, obviously, Nathan's the goalie. Like, I think he knows better than anyone. Halak or Anderson, who's been sitting cold for four years in terms of playoff. Yeah, and they got Jeremy Swayman with the Bruins, too, who's a young guy who's really emerged and been phenomenal. So they have a better Uh, In terms of goaltending, I mean, the matchup is is pretty clearly in uh, Boston's favor. And, I mean, the stars are are shining. And 
mean, if you ask Bruins Boston fans, well, they disagree. So. Bruins fans just torch Rask after every goal he lets in. It's brutal. Bruin, Bruins fans just hate <laughs> everything about They're like, a different anything. breed of people. <laughs> yeah, I think there's like a some weird deal where if you're a goalie and you play well in Boston, you're never allowed to play bad again. I'm not really <laughs> sure what it is, but... I mean, Tim Thomas Rask ruined winner, that franchise like, or that fan base. I he's should one say, of the best goalies in, in Bruins history. So I don't really understand the hate, but yeah, he didn't really. Maybe work if he well wins them a few series this year, they'll love him. Probably not. Rask didn't work well for the team that drafted him, though. But the anyway. team that drafted him gave up on him, <laughs> and then he knocked him out. But of he, the playoffs he didn't. He didn't like play a game. Years. He didn't play a game. Yeah, exactly. They gave up on him. <laughs> All right, let's one go. One of the worst trades in Maple Leafs history. Yeah, hey, Carter, sure. the Carter Verhage, Carter Verhage didn't work out there either. I mean, he wanted to use a least. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. The least draft pick. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, let's go to the North Division, the division that doesn't start until tomorrow. Um, well, this should be easy. Yeah, well, no, maybe not. Toronto, Montreal. What do you guys got? I'll go last. Toronto. Yeah. How many games? Um, Oh, what did I put down in my bracket? I don't even remember. Maybe six. I think Toronto and six is right just because Montreal will fight. They will put up a fight, and they will break Toronto down, and they will pack at them, and they will hit them, and they will they, they'll put up a fight. So I think that, like, and I don't know if it's a, if they steal one game. Like, I don't know if it's a steal. I think they'll deserve to win a game. I think they'll clearly play better than Toronto in a game or two. I think Toronto takes a series, probably six, though, six or seven. Yeah, I, I have um, Toronto in five. I, I, there's some question marks in Montreal for me. And I think Jake Allen is a good backup, but he's a backup. And then Carey Price, I don't know how good he's going to be. As we mentioned, I don't know if we were recording, but he just played a game in Laval in the AHL, let in two goals on, I think, the first four, four shot, sure, shots. Wasn't. How many was it? Two, the two and four, four shots. but then he made then, the, then he made the rest of the third or the rest 13. of the twelve saves or eleven saves. He had fifteen saves or something and seventeen shots. No, thir- thirteen on fifteen. Fifteen, yeah, yeah. I mean, still, that's, that's not a great performance. That doesn't inspire a lot of confidence to me. Yeah, I but am it, excited to see uh, Cole Caulfield and some of the younger guys. Maybe Nick Suzuki. Well, they they said they players, might not even we'll play see. Cole Caulfield game one. Mm. I don't know why. They said ca- four goals really? in ten games. There's no reason not to play Cole Caulfield. There's you're you have nothing to lose. Is it the um ELC? Do they not want to burn the first year of his ELC? No, they just that already burned. They're just being they're just being stupid. I think it's already been burned. Okay, so yeah, the yeah it's been burned. He played ten games. To to, uh, I guess counterpoint what you said, uh, Nathan is like. When you're an NHL goalie, you're kind of used to taking like facing harder shots, and then when you go to the AHL, it's like it's a little bit different. You know, shots that you think you know where they're going and they don't go there. And it, I, I think there's a story to be said about how his first four shots he looked shaky, and then from there on, he was fine. Um, I yeah, don't know. I don't disagree. I don't, As, it's definitely harder to play down. I, I, I thousand percent agree. I just. He hasn't looked like himself this season, you know, 901 save percentage on the year. I mean, I struggle to believe it's it's the carry price of old, but you never know in the playoffs. So I'm hoping he can find his game again and really be a beast for them in the playoffs. Maybe take this one to six or seven even. That would be really good for hockey. Um, I, price has been – just had so many 
injuries this season that last year he didn't look that great until the playoffs and then he almost stole two series he almost stole two series for the Habs so I don't think Price is washed I think he's gonna have in a year or two he's gonna have an absolute like comeback of a year I don't think it's this year though I don't think there's enough time between the injury between the conditioning stint between the time he's been on the ice for him to steal the series now I don't think he necessarily needs to steal games. He just needs to play well because Montreal is still a good team when they play on their game. But Toronto, from what I've seen, has looked way better than they've ever looked before. And now it's probably because they're playing against weaker competition. They don't have to play Boston, Tampa, Florida, like four times a year. But at least for this first round, I'm going to take Toronto in six. I think Montreal willingly deserves at least one of those two games I'm giving them. But Austin Matthews has been lighting it up. William Nylanders looks sick. Mitch Marners looks sick. John Tavares, um, they've, they've added complimentary pieces. Now, Jack Campbell gets to start in game one. Let's hope he plays good game one so they don't maybe... Anderson's back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's he hope... Be. Let's hope He's going to be on the bench. He'll be on the bench. Let's hope Campbell plays good game one because his lease if Bobrovsky just got pulled after making um 35 saves you can best believe Jack Campbell's a short leash right now very short leash yeah honestly the biggest x factor in this series is going to be whether we get carry price or playoff price if uh leash run into playoff price it's going to be a battle like if he's making 35 40 saves a game it, it it'll be tough because he hasn't played the Leafs much this season I think he only got two out of the nine games just because he was injured the rest of them were Allen so it's I don't know it uh I feel like it's going to be closer than a lot of people give it credit for and I think I'm just saying that because I'm a Leafs fan and I and I prepare for the worst <laughs> um I do think the Leafs are going to win, but I think it's going to be six, six or seven. It's going to be close. Uh, I like they, they finally, it took years, but they finally committed to what looks like team defense now. Like it's not just Brody. Brody's not the only reason that this Leafs defense is better. It is a little bit of being in the North division, but it's also that they're, they're just playing team defense and not relying on the two guys who are in the defensive roles doing a good job there and um yeah i i think this will be the first time since 04 the leafs win a playoff round the buffalo sabers have won a playoff round earlier than the leafs have it's kind of a scary thought (laughs) um then we got the edmonton winnipeg and uh i think this is probably the most lopsided series to be honest yeah this is this is a very interesting series to look at i mean i took winnipeg in seven in one of my brackets i think just because, like, I don't know. I mean, like, Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid. But, you know, at the end of the day, Winnipeg is an unbelievable hockey team. I Like, their offensive ability, their power play, unbelievable. Mark Shifley, unbelievable. Kyle Connor, unbelievable. Um, you know, I, I, I think Carter Halibut's probably healthy. He's probably going to play game one. Unbelievable goaltender. I think Winnipeg is a sleeper team, honestly. Like, for these playoffs, they can really – they can do some damage. Yeah, I like Winnipeg too, but I don't like them enough to pick them over Edmonton, unfortunately. There's a lot of question marks for me on both teams, especially with uh, 
Nikolai Ehlers out. If he was in, I think I probably would have picked Winnipeg. He's having a phenomenal year. But without him, I mean, Winnipeg's kind of built for the playoffs, but they they did just hit a skid and play, like, absolutely atrotious down the yeah. stretch. So, so I think you, I got to go with Edmonton. Here's, here's, here's a stat. If you take the first month out of the season, the first uh, – not even month, the first, like, three weeks, Ottawa has a better record than Winnipeg. Uh, in their last, uh, what is it, 14 games, Winnipeg has three wins in their last 14. They're, that's a team that's limping into the playoffs, and I think uh, McDavid is just going to eat that team alive. You know, they're, they're missing their best offensive player, Nikolai Ehlers, too. He's, he's, I don't think he was uh, projected to be back. I think it's going to be a series, and I think it's going to be done quick, unless, unless you get Vesna Hellebuck. I think this series is going to go five at the most. <clears throat> yeah, you got to get playoff Pierre-Luc Dubois, too. He's kind of he – He's out. He, he, he he's be. out. He hasn't practiced with the team. He didn't practice oh, really? with the team the other day, yeah. Um, is he confirmed to be out? N- no, but the thing is oh. they had Ehlers out in a red shirt, and Dubois wasn't even there. So if well, he's not even – It could be precautionary. We can't make assumptions unless it's reported. Technically, journalistically, we're not allowed to make assumptions unless it's reported. But in in the case that there is no Dubois, that just adds to the um, just adds to the fuels the fire that uh, it's gonna be an Edmonton win, right? Yeah. So he started practice and then came off the ice. He came off the ice like way earlier than yeah. So did Braden Point. So. And then he scored the game winner in game one. So, like I said, don't know until, course. don't know until you know. <clears throat> what do you got, Alex? You got Edmonton. Um, you said? I I have Edmonton in six. Um, I would have taken Winnipeg if Winnipeg wasn't missing players, and if Winnipeg didn't hit that like bump in the road towards the end of the season. Um, I would have taken Winnipeg, but McDavid has had an unbelievable, not even an unbelievable season. McDavid's had a season that we didn't even know was possible. In a condensed season like this, he put up most over points 100 per game, points. Most points per game since uh, Lemieux did it in 94. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. It's, <clears throat> it's, and he's playing against superior goalies to what Lemieux played against, in just in terms of athleticism, the equipment, the goaltending style. Like Guys weren't making cross-crease pad-stacking saves like we saw Bennington do last night when Lemieux was playing. It just didn't happen. So for McDavid to do that in um, under 56 games, it's truly remarkable. I'm taking Edmonton to win this in six. Yeah, re- real quick, just with what Alex said, I mean, it really is a shame how how Winnipeg has played because I was, I was frankly all in on them like three months ago. I thought they had great depth and everything, but maybe they'll turn it around. Because this seemed like it could have been one of the more exciting series, but right now it seems like it's maybe all Edmonton, but hopefully we can get a, a good battle out of this one. So with that said, Toronto versus Edmonton, that might be the only chance we get to see McDavid versus Matthews in the playoffs. Just because Toronto-Edmonton, you'd only ever get that in a normal season in the play, in the cup final. The cup. I'm telling you right now, that will never happen. There will never be an Edmonton-Toronto Stanley Cup final. They both <laughs> might respectively make the Stanley Cup, but I don't see in what like we haven't had a Canadian Cup since '93. I don't see a, a, any chance in a very long time that Edmonton and Toronto both make the Cup finals when they're in different divisions, obviously, 
in the same year. I mean, just looking yeah. at the town in the West, Edmonton might really want to just like try and win the cup now because, you know, going back to the West next year, holy shit. That's all I have to say. Holy shit. All right. Um, let's do Carolina Nashville. Uh, also, side note before we start. Carolina reported 12,000 people in their building last lie. season. No chance. No chance. It had to have been. <laughs> Someone know, told they were some, full. <laughs> yeah, some guy, I asked on Twitter, and some guy that looks like he works, he's a, he's a check mark. He's like 12,000, mostly the lower bowl. I'm looking at the upper bowl. The upper bowl is full, too. There ain't no way in hell there was, there was 12, there ain't no way in hell there was 12,000 people in that stadium. That's <laughs> like when Clemson played, Um, when Clemson played, who did they play? They played UM this year, I think. Clemson no, played was, U- yeah, UM in just, Death Valley, and they have like 25,000. I'm like, exactly. bullshit. Texas There's, A&M played <laughs> UF in Texas A&M, reported like a few amount of fans. The, like the stadium had like 10 times more fans than they reported. Yeah, A&M so, normally has like 100,000 plus. Crazy. You can tell if that stadium's empty. Like it, it's a complete sham. Yeah, PNC has like twenty thousand capacity. There had to have been at least like seventeen thousand. Yeah, like it's gotta be up there. It was, yeah. If it wasn't no sad, way, it was twelve. Like, you know what? So the BB and T Center might have been lying too. They have nineteen thousand capacity. They said nine thousand six hundred were there. I swear there was like thirteen thousand that stadium. There might have been a little more than nine. There was. But, there was definitely more than ten. That's all I can so, say. So it's funny. My boy went to went to game one and um. He had a conversation with one of the executives for the Florida Panthers. He was sitting in a box and um, they were talking about how they might change things for the second round. And like the NHL is like, is pretty hesitant on whether they want teams to go back to full capacity, but to some extent they don't really have control over what the teams decide to do because it's state mandates and state laws. And uh, I think some some teams are ready to just say, you know what, screw you, NHL. We're having yeah. a full arena well, next, I know, next I know series, Pan- next game. I know the Panthers said they were going to increase capacity per round they advance. But after seeing Carolina say, you know what, I don't care. Full capacity, baby. So, yeah. Can we talk uh, about the fact that you can get a the playoff Panthers ticket for the price of a beer at a Leafs game? Let's, let's go back. Do <laughs> you know how much a box? Series. You know how much a box costs? Holy! But yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, um I don't. How, I don't think Carolina is a question. I mean, like that's just it's Carolina all the way. What was the score of the first game? I missed it. It was five, like five, five two. two. Empty yeah, that's, that's a wash. I yeah. think. Um, uh, I'll, I'll go really quickly. Carolina in five. Yeah. Yeah. It's. it's not a um. Nashville might be uh, might be the weakest team in the playoffs right now. Like I, I was really dying on the hill that Dallas would catch them, and then ever since I said that, Nashville went like thirteen and two for the rest of the way. I was like, well, there it goes. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean they're coming in hot, but you're playing Carolina. That's that's kind of a, that's kind of a tough draw. So I think yeah, you're playing in front it. of twenty seven thousand people at a PNC, <laughs> so. Yeah, I got I got Carolina in five. I think they're gonna go pretty deep. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the Stanley Cup final. So we're really not seeing any sweeps this first round. I, I, so. I would have taken I, Colorado in a sweep until I saw Bennington just like 
absolutely like, hey, I still want to play for Team Canada in the Olympics. I mean, that's, I have I have Tampa Bay sweeping, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm yeah, totally yeah. kidding. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I think UC Soros is too good for the uh, for Carolina to sweep. Though I yeah. I I have been saying this, and I will stick to it. Nashville definitely should have sold at the deadline. I don't care that mm-hmm. they're the fourth seed. It was a, yeah, it was a Dallas mistake to, to thought. make a, a run. See, Columbus I wanted did Dallas the, in so bad because they, they could have the right taken care of them. Well, Columbus, uh, Dallas had Dallas was running hot at the end when they got Sagan back. If yeah. Sagan came back like three games earlier, they would have made it to the, to the playoffs. Yeah, it's a different story. Yeah, yeah, but what's done is done. So I think we all agree Carolina's taking this one. Yeah. Yep. Here we go, Easy boys. One. Buckle up. <laughs> it's time. I'll go a little, I'll go, I'll go first. Um that's fair. That first game was so fun to watch. Oh, it was Electric. so good. So good. I uh I I texted Alex cuz I knew it was at the game. I was like, "How does it sound, bro? What's the environment like there?" So what, first uh playoff Panther game like since, actual yeah, not, not playing 20, like 2016. Yeah. 2016. Yeah. Um, um obviously lost the Isles in 6. Mm-hmm. Seven. Was was it, was seven? it was six. It was six. It was six. Double yeah. overtime, right? It was double overtime. John Tavares wraparound goal against Roberto Luongo. Jammer boy. Yeah, his game, game never forget it. Soft. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, wow, what a series, right? Like uh, you go on the internet, you go on Twitter, you go on Instagram, you see all the tweets, the battle of the sunshine state. Like, this is something we've never seen in Florida hockey ever. And and they're milking it for all it's got. Like you see every reporter. Every like every Jameson Olive for the Tampa Bay Lightning or for the Florida Panthers just tweeting, 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 getting attention, getting faces to games like your your you favorite know, reporter Alex Baumgartner. <laughs> I've never seen, you know, I've I've been going to Panther games for my whole life almost, and I like I've never seen a minimum price ticket be what it was, even though it's still cheaper relative to the rest of the NHL. I've never seen it be what it is right now, and I think that's like that's just it shows so much improvement in the hockey community in Florida and this series is just going to do everything for hockey in Florida like I've kept saying to like my buddies here in Toronto like yo Florida hockey's serious man it's not just uh it's not just all soccer football baseball like they're good and uh I think now that you have the battle of sunshine state you're seeing what's more than 9,000 people at a Panther game I think people are starting to realize like Man, it's, Florida it's, might be a legit 50, market. And that's with 50% capacity allowed. If there was a oh, yeah. full building, you can guarantee there would have been a full building. Like I remember, yeah, out. I remember the it, tweets when it's like uh, Florida's allowing uh, like uh, 50% capacity and then everyone's like, oh, so everyone, anyone who wants to go is allowed to go. Like that's their full capacity. <laughs> well, in, in a sense, yes, because it's pretty easy to get in, tickets. I mean. In the regular season, I would agree. But in the playoffs, we get fans. Like yeah. we've had oh, yeah. in the playoffs. We always it sounded have. stupidly loud. The first three hits. Yeah, I'm Alex. You tonight's just gonna be nuts. Like it's gonna be crazy. Yeah. So me and you are going right? to the game. Alex and I are going to the game sir? tonight. We got a box with like thirty yeah, yeah, boys, and we're we're getting everybody together for like our own yeah. private box. And we're going so to the game. C- consider I'm this. I'm stuck uh, in Toronto, bro. I'm trying so to come to Florida. A, and they're, a they're... playoff, a playoff ticket in Toronto for like two. We would probably spend eight hundred bucks. We got an entire box for eight hundred bucks. Fifteen <laughs> tickets for eight hundred. It's bucks. cheaper. It, it's cheaper uh, as someone who lives in Toronto to fly to Florida for a couple nights, watch a Panther Leaf game, come home. It's cheaper to do that than it is to go it, see it a would, Leaf game. It would be about the same price with the hotels and oh, the flight. Oh, and the but ticket. then you also get to go to 
South Florida for a couple nights. Like, what is that? You take the, you take the family for a little holiday. Like, yeah, yeah, ridiculous. I, that box I spent is actually 100... a nice deal. I got yeah. I got two tickets for like one fifty. Oh, you going tonight? Less than that, actually. Yeah, you going? To... Dude, All I've right. Seen... So it looks so it looks rattled. like I'm we're so seeing upset. the intermission boys tonight. Might have to Sorry, slip into the box. Like five minutes yeah. into the first period, I had to buy a ticket, man. It's too electric to. Dude, to yeah, miss I it. couldn't. I couldn't watch game one and be like, I'm not going to game two optionally. Like, there's no way. Like I got money I, in my bank account. I'm going to game two. I was like, I was sitting was. in the I was sitting in the press box for game one, so I couldn't cheer. But like under my mask, every goal I would go. <laughs> like, just uh, get a little hype. But tonight I can yell. So they're not even yeah. making you wear masks at BB&T. Man. They can't they can't tell you to put them on. I, the they're press box to. they were the press box they were forcing us to, but I know the fans don't have to wear them. Yeah. For, it's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah, for, for some context, oh, wow. I um, I tried to renew my passport literally two months ago just so I can go to Florida this summer. Uh, and um, nope, the, I'm still waiting. Canada's like, no, you're not traveling. But I mean, it <laughs> yeah, could take like Florida. <laughs> it could take like three months for a passport to get back in, especially oh, during God. COVID. I'm not surprised. God, but yeah, uh, back to the let's get these yeah, serious let's talk predictions about hockey in. for a second. <laughs> um, I'm gonna be in the minority here for sure. I think this isn't going to be the first Panther win of a playoff series since uh, 94. I think it'll be, I think it's going to go seven. I think it's going to be a war. 96. Whoops. Yeah, it was 96. Um, but it is going to be a war. I did pick, I had made two different brackets. I had Tampa in seven and Florida in seven and one. Cheater. I mean, listen, <laughs> you got to try and win the bracket, right? I mean, if you want to be realistic, you give yourself options. I mean, Chris Drieger getting the nod tonight. Wow. Like, what a ballsy move. I'm going to make 16 if... brackets with 16 different cup winners. <laughs> I don't know if that decision came from Zito or if it came from Q or if it was a, a mind alike kind of thing. They came together. and But, like, Bob played a great game one. But he, at, the, at the end of the day, he let up five goals. And, like, like that is what happened. And, and I think that they're banking on that Drieger shutout. Like, Drieger shut them out at the end of the game. Yeah, they didn't have Stamkos or at the end of the year. Yeah, they didn't have Stamkos. Yeah, they didn't have Kucherov. But we beat them 4 nothing, and um, Chris Drieger was in the crease. On, and... on the Drieger breaking point, news. this is from – this is from well, this isn't breaking news, but from George Richards, who is from Florida Hockey now, one of the most respected journalists for hockey journalists in the country. Joel Quinville says starting Drieger is a performance-based deal, no different than regular season. They feel good about having two options in goal. So they feel confident that they are they have a 1A, 1B. That's what I've been saying all season. It's not a backup starter. It, it's not because at the beginning of the year, Drieger was the 1A. So I think Drieger deserves it based off of what he did in the regular season. He had a better save percentage. He had more shutouts than Bob. He had a better goals against average, I think. So – it's not a terrible move, but I do think Bob saved the Panthers last game, honestly, because I don't scoreboard watch. I watched the game, three shorthanded goals. Come on. Two breakaways. Yeah. I agree and with you, but it's nothing the Drieger can't too. do. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Under, it's understandable. Well, that, that's the blessing about having two really good goalies, and yeah. they're doing it now. They're doing it early. Because the Panthers are confident if they go down 0-2, they can still win the series. The, that, that shows confidence that, like, okay. To lose both the no problem, problem, though, to lose the first two at home, that's... Well, Washington did that, and then they won the cup. So, it could happen. Yeah, probably the same thing here, honestly. Although, we're not going to lose tonight. 
I've got a, I've got a hot take with the Drieger situation. <clears throat> I think I said this uh, last night in the group chat, but I think if Drieger comes in, becomes a starter for the playoffs, I don't think we see Bobrovsky play another game. Yeah, if Drieger wins tonight and it's a good game. Like How do you put trade up... that contract, though? I think Seattle will make a move for him if we can. He has a no eat, move. If we can, oh, eat, like you like, trade him salary. to Seattle, accept it. You yeah, have to accept we it. would have to eat a lot of salary, but I think there's something to be said for a Vesna Trophy winner going to Seattle instead of getting what Jake Allen. I mean, maybe Morazic or James Reimer. Like you need, you kind of need. Hey, a guy hey, Reimer's elite. Reimer's the best goalie <laughs> yeah. of all time. All right. No, but that, that makes so sense. I think, they, they're would, gonna I think they would to, go for it, but they're gonna have to eat know. a lot. Yeah, but at I the think, same time, I think you would still save money on the Drieger and Spencer. And then what Knight. do you do? Do you re-sign Drieger? Yeah. yeah. Hey, put six Are they planning in a five or six in a Drieger? I no, thought they were planning like three and a half in a Drieger, dude. He's not gonna be that expensive. I don't know. I, I think get, he pushes. I'd he, say he takes well, listen, listen, no, no, but listen, listen. He takes five if he goes to Winnipeg. This is a no obviously he's from Winnipeg too, but look. I just said Winnipeg, they have a goalie. No it's state five income. if they win the Stanley Cup. It's also a no state income tax. So if he takes five in Ottawa, hypothetically, like just pretend it's Ottawa or any Canadian market, he's paying more in taxes than if he takes 3.75 here. So Mitch Marner is making I, less I money. Have a statement about that. After. Mitch Marner is making less money than Nikita Kucherov because of the tax in Canada. Even though Kucherov is making what nine and Marner's making nearly eleven, so so that Brian comes Burke, into play too. Brian Burke did an interview. I don't remember where it was, but he was talking about when he was um, GM of the Flames. No, sorry, when he was G- GM of the Canucks he, year, years the, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember this. And he was t- talking about how even like Canadian guys, they don't want to play in Canada. Just because of the tax, it's you're giving up a lot less money if you're making five mil in Canada, whereas if you're making five mil in Tampa or Florida. Yeah, especially so a lot no of even tax. even the Canadian, like the younger ones, they didn't want to play in Canada. They didn't want to play for their like home team because they wanted well, think, the money. Think about it. You play you play in South Florida for like six months in the year, no state income tax, and then you can go back to your cottage and like you have so much more money on a five year deal. You're you're getting an extra ten million dollars. You're also living easily. in Florida. Yeah, and then you can go, and then you, you you miss the Canadian winter. You can go to your cottage in the middle of Ontario in the summer, like a lot of these guys like do. Muskoka. Even like Muskoka. I mean, Alex Alex Ald used to do it. I remember we would see him training at the ice den. He would come down when he was in Montreal. He, he like they, oh, people love Florida. Yeah, hockey oh, yeah. players love South Florida. They love coming. Ovechkin trains down here. Ovechkin trained down here. He was training at Pines um, Ice in the summer. Yeah, which is unbelievable. Mid COVID. Like, what is that guy doing? It's, it's because Ovechkin, Ovechkin can walk at Sawgrass Mall. Oh, yeah. And probably two people will recognize him, right? Yeah, oh, two people. God. Like two people. Literally two people. And then he can and have it's me and, it's me and Eli. walk down uh, Vaughn yeah, Mills. <laughs> You can have like Pierre Engvall, like guy who's barely in the lineup, walking uh, down uh, Vaughn Mills, and he'd be swarmed. Yeah, like, like literally, I know people from the intermission who like just randomly, randomly find Travis Dermott everywhere. Like <laughs> Isabella has seen Travis Dermott like three times. I don't know how, but yeah. So, All right, we gotta get back to these predictions, man. Yeah, let's get to it. I mean, Nathan, and we gotta talk. We gotta talk about. I was gonna say the cap too. before before we do predictions, let's talk about the cap. I want to see what you guys. Take such a that. scam it's such a scam it's not fair 
it 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 just it costs so many teams like and it's just it's so unfair like there's no logic to it there's no I I don't I understand that it helps players who couldn't play all year setting a game minimum for players to play in the playoffs it that deprives players too but I like you're telling me there's no better way to do it than allowing a team to be 17 million dollars over what they're supposed to like I'll tell I'll tell you one so, thing about this situation. Tampa didn't care at all to hide it. They had their plan set from day one in the offseason. They said Kucherov will not play in the regular season, but we expect him to how can you expect a guy to be back for the playoffs six months before the <laughs> he playoffs? He was fine three months ago. He I would have played half the regular season and been fine. So they waited the, until like um, the last minute for him to get that hip surgery too. Sorry, Crowder, go ahead. Yeah, so the Leafs on their payroll, he's one of the higher-ups. of Brandon Pridham, and he basically wrote the cap situation in the CBA. So he, there's some finagling that he does too. But I don't know. The way I see it is, is the penalty for what the Tampa Bay Lightning did is not having Nikita Kucherov on your team for the regular season. You know, if you get two or three more injuries of Hedman, Vasilevsky, that, I don't know if that's a playoff team. Well, they did miss you know Stamkos. I mean? They did miss Hedman. For a good portion of the year, and they still made the playoffs. That's, they, that's and the they point. knew that they that's knew that point, they had the though. capability so, to do like, that. But like, screw that's Tampa. The thing. If you're like, good honestly, enough to do who, that, then who cares, bro? If it's in the rules, it's in the rules. Use well, yeah, it. it's in the rules. Really but I'm saying the rules are wrong. That's what I'm it's, saying. It's bull. It's bull when you can. Well, first of all, Kucherov's been skating for a while, like eight weeks, and then. And then I read an article yesterday, and the quote said that he didn't have a red jersey on. And when they asked John Cooper about it, he said, no one likes wearing the red jersey. The guys know not to hit him. That's the biggest nonsense I've ever heard, because Stamkos <laughs> had the red jersey Such for bull. months when he was trying to for, for like when he was trying to recover, Stamkos had the red jersey. Every single injured player in the history of the NHL has used that red jersey. Don't tell me the the players when they're when they have their head down, they look up and they they see a gray jersey. They're not gonna know it's Nikita Kucherov unless they're looking at his face. The the reason why there's a red jersey is look at my shirt. Look how bright it is. When you look up quickly, you can immediately see it. Like it's absolute. That quote was just kind of stupid. The lightning didn't do a good. They didn't do a good job at hiding it. That's all I have to say. It was they didn't in the want to hide it. They know they it was know in the it was in the rules. They did what they need to do. Kucherov looked fine game one. Stamkos looked fine game one. See, the only reason that that that, that you guys are talking about it now is because Kucherov had what three points, two points. Well, I've been no. I've been talking about it before the season even started. Yeah, I knew exactly. exactly. Okay, the Leafs happen. are ten mil over the cap right now, and no one seems the, to be talking the, about that. The the Leafs are ten mil over the the Leafs are. Who is on it's, LTIR? It's shady either way. I don't no like one it anymore. Way. It was it was Freddie and it was um I don't know. So but I, I know thing, okay, but the thing is, look, listen, listen, listen quickly. Kucherov's been on LTIR since the Lightning were trying to re-sign players. If the light because remember the we were like the Lightning are gonna have to trade Sergachev or Sorelli. And then Kucherov or Johnson. They were trying to get rid so of Johnson. So one of the, they they tried to get rid of him and they couldn't. Somehow they have all of them. And that's because they were able to bury Kucherov's contract. They, if if they didn't have Sergeyev and Sorelli on this team, I'm telling you, Kucherov wouldn't have been on LTIR the entire year because they're they were trying to manage. Because Nathan said it took them a while to kind of understand what they were gonna do. They're, they're like, all right, we're not gonna trade Sergeyev. We don't want to lose Sorelli. We can't get anyone to bite Tyler Johnson's salary. But you gotta imagine want, he's going these- to Seattle, right? 
Tyler Johnson. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah, but I, like I definitely think they, they, they without the LTIR and the CBA, the CBA rules, they wouldn't have been able to get Sergachev and Sorelli back. They wouldn't. That's why Kucherov was out the entirety of the season. Like a hundred percent, they knew he wasn't coming back. Yeah, so I think Corrado made the interesting point. Oh, my bad, Corrado. I was gonna say just just to to round back, the Leafs are gonna be ten mil over the cap when they get uh, in the uh, in the playoffs. Riley Nash, Hyman, and Bogosian back. Also, uh, reporter Chris Johnson for Sportsnet he said that Galchenyuk out and uh, Riley Nash in for game one. Okay. Which is interesting. Riley Nash's first game as a Leaf is going to be in the playoffs. I like Galchenyuk, but is what it is. Um. Anyways, what I was saying earlier about what Carrado said about the Leafs being ten million over it, it goes right back to what we were talking about. How you have to play, you have to pay Canadian players more for them to make less money. Like the fact that the cap is significantly higher over in Tampa than it is Toronto. And we still don't have any state income tax and they're still play- paying their players and they're not asking for more money because they don't need it because they're not taxed so much. And they're still $7 million more than Toronto who needs to pay their players more because they yeah, get and ter- taxed and ter- more. And Toronto didn't bury Austin Matthews for the entirety of the season. So, if Toronto so- buried Austin Matthews, for the entirety of the season, knowing they would run the Scotiabank division and then he was ready for game one. Can you imagine how pissed off the hockey were? Every single station nonstop would be like, what the hell are the Leafs doing? The Leafs are cheating the cap. The Look, in the offseason, it, it came out that the Leafs had their practice facility open. So oh, prospects could come train at the MasterCard, now to the Ford Performance Center in Etobicoke. Everyone lost it. They lost their shit that the Leafs were allowing their prospects. Keep in mind, the Leafs prospects normally don't make the team. They were letting their prospects use the training facility, which the Marlies also own. And people lost their shit. The, the Leafs, Leafs give them the Leafs give the most money to the NHL in what you know that tax they get. The Leafs help fund organizations like Toronto, Arizona, or Florida, Arizona's like lower market. And people were losing their shit that the Leafs opened their practice facility. If the Leafs did what the Lightning did, if the Leafs put Matthews on LTIR the entirety of the season, if he had an injury, so they can go re-sign Morgan Riley, that's all I have to say. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's it, it's uncomprehendable. Like I can't come up with a logical reason for why a team is allowed to do this, take advantage of the system at the expense of other teams. Like it it, it it's unfair. If the, Leafs, if the Leafs buried Matthews, he still would have found a way to score 20. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll close this one out because they were kind of going in circles. I mean, I think I think it's really shady. I think the NHL needs to do something about it because you shouldn't be able to cheat the cap. I mean, it's there for a reason. I don't know what you can do because obviously they're operating within the rules, but it's pretty shady. They push back the surgery. He's been skating for a while, so. It's a weird situation, but hopefully the NHL will do something in the offseason to combat it in Toronto, in Tampa, and wherever it might spark I'm taking, up. Next. I'm taking Florida in seven. We want to get back to that. Are you going to take Tampa Florida. tomorrow? Florida in seven. Nope. <laughs> nope. Florida in seven. I got Tampa in seven. Okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have like a weird like a statement here. If Barkov can be what Taves was for Quinville when Chicago won their cups, I think they'll win this series. He will. He will be. 
not offensively, defensively. If he can shut down Kucherov and if he can shut down Stamkos, then they'll win this series. Uh, you can't say he will be because after the first game, I think they combined for four points, Stamkos and Kucherov. They so, had uh, three power play goals, though. Does Barkov play the penalty kill? I, mean, I don't know. Why? <laughs> no, what? Barkov, some, bar, um, not, well, sometimes, but more sometimes. often. He didn't last night. Isn't he like a sick ago. two-way centerman? Why wouldn't he play? Yeah, but look, the thing is. They don't, over, they don't want to burn him. Play center on DK. Well, not only to burn him, but you don't want him to take Victor Hedman's shot to his yeah, wrist. Yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah, ask Brandon Gallagher. The amount of times he's broke, he he has Brandon metal Gallagher screws in his has hand. Broken his hand more times than I can he count. Watch, he's, like, he's, oh he's broken God. his hand on Shea Weber's shot. He broke his hand on someone. He's broken his hand two or three times. Timothy Lillian dumped him in the AHL game yesterday. Absolutely, like he reverse hit him. Oh, it was so good. Anyways, <laughs> I think the Panthers like they're they're much more happy to let Noel Achari eat a couple shots like he did in Game One than to stick Barkov out there, especially because Achari will win faceoffs. Achari knows how to play on the PK. I think he's our number one guy on the PK. Um, he's he's great. I think I think Achari is just one, he's one of those influential players. You saw that shot he ate wide open net, ate it right to the chest. A player who's not afraid to do that is somebody you need on the PK. I have Panthers in seven as well. I think the biggest key for this series for the Panthers winning is going to be staying out of the box, and for Tampa, it's going to be not score really riling up the Panthers because they were taking a lot of. Uh, they're taking a lot of penalties kind of after the whistle. It seemed like a lot of kind of, um, I don't know the word, like retaliation, like Sam Bennett's mm-hmm. penalty he got suspended for was a definite retaliation as well. So if they can rile the Panthers up, get on that power play, I mean, their power play looked deadly. So if they can keep Are we going to talk that, about I mean, that? Are we going to talk win. about the Sam Bennett situation or we got nothing to say? <laughs> I have everything to say. <laughs> I, I will BS. say this. I will say this. He should have been suspended, but so should have. But McDonough. McDonough should have been suspended too. And if Coleman got penalized for his hit on Barkov, that hit would never have happened. But um, there's a big discrepancy in what the Department of Player Safety deems worthy of a hearing, deems worthy of a suspension. Some guy on Twitter tried to tell me that Tom Wilson was within the rules for um, throwing Panarin to the ice because he was a third man in. But Tom Wilson was the third man in when he was punching Ryan Strom when he was on the bottom of the ice. So don't give me that shit. Thank you. That's it. That's fair. And also, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't see, like, yes, Sam Bennett's hit was retaliatory. Ross Colton was fine at the end of the day. Yes, it was a bad hit. Yes, he should have been called for it. The fact that they only called two minutes for a charge, the inconsistency is what's really getting at me about the refing. You're going to give a guy a charge. That you're gonna go suspend him for a game after the guy he hit injured his captain earlier in the shift, and then not look at the Ryan McDonough hit at all, and then not look at Noel Achari getting need in the neutral zone at all, and then suspend Sam Bennett for one game after all of that. Yeah, I'll be honest, I that hit so, on Duclair was was a bit da- more dangerous mm-hmm. than Sam Bennett's. But. No, I I I disagree. Yeah. I think. I think they both should have got suspended, but when it comes to which hit was more dangerous, I think Sam Bennett 100%. Yeah, 
McDonough was I stationary. I think the way that... McDonough was stationary when it hit when he hit Duclair. Sam Bennett was taking full stride from the top of the circle, and he skated through him. He didn't even start gliding. I don't. I don't know. I yeah, saw. I, I don't disagree with that, but I, I think I, I think Duclair was in a more compromised position going into the hit. He was. He may have got lower hurt. battling. He, he may have got his... more hurt, but I think when it comes down to it, I think the more the, dangerous the, one was. I heard. I saw both hits from a pretty good angle. The. The Duke, the one on Duclair sounded a lot louder. It looked worse with the aftermath. Obviously, a charge sounds worse, but this hit looked worse for me. That's why I was shocked when he didn't get a hearing. That's when I, I was shocked he didn't at least get a hearing. I, I'm I'm watching the hits back now. I wanna. I, I agree wanna with you, Bomber, and I time. think for me. Did you, did you guys see that Tom Wilson hit on Curtis Lazar last night when he went east to west and charged yeah, directly yeah. across and the ice threw, and, and him? threw him over? Yeah. What's the difference between that hit and Sam Bennett? The only difference is that he put him into a bench versus into the wall. If he puts Curtis Lazar into the wall, that's the same hit as Sam Bennett, and that deserves a game. Well, was, put him over was, a Tom bench. Will, was Tom Wilson on the numbers? No. Yeah. Shoulder to shoulder. No, it was no, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. It was. I think it was shoulder to shoulder because Sam Bennett was on the numbers. Yeah, a thousand percent. The the problem I have is Lightning fans are debating me heavily on Twitter because I, I, I will put out tweets and the Panthers fans will like them. And then, of course, you'll have the one guy that's like, no, 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 we did nothing wrong. Someone said the McDonough hit was a run-of-the-mill boarding, nothing more. That's bullshit. Sam Bennett was a blatant, intentional charge. Run-of-the-mill and it charge. Exactly. And he said... He said it was an intentional charge and it was called like that. I'm like, no, they both got two minute minors there. It was exactly the same. So you can't give me that excuse on why there shouldn't have been a, a hearing, at least at the department player safety. So, but yeah, I, I'm watching him back now. The, the McDonough hit is, um, so Duclair's a little bit further from the board. So when he gets hit, he goes in like a farther distance and lower. So he goes in like more head first, right? And closer to the boards. But it was still with the speed. So when McDonough hit Duclair, the only, I guess, like strength that came from the hit was the was the push in the back. Bennett kept going and pinned him against the boards when he hit him too. Like he didn't just shove him so, and then lay off. He like I said, if it, skated was, if, if, if it was shoulder to shoulder, that wouldn't even have been a call. They wouldn't even call the charge. They don't call charges in the NHL. Unless you they jump. don't. Unless you jump and Bennett jumps. Uh, even thing. then, well, Bennett jumped on the impact. No, no. no. If you watch it, he, he Bennett Bennett was there. Bennett was clearly intending to to get to hit him yeah, hard. Clearly, clearly, yeah, clearly, clearly trying he, to do something. It was stupid. It was a boneheaded it's, mistake. It's to, almost to, a borderline intent to injure, too. I think <laughs> it's borderline. I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't say you'd call. Trust me. The Andre Palat hit to Nola Chari on May 8th was intent to injure. That was an intent to injure. That didn't get a hearing. The Panthers got two players fined $5,000. This is where the discrepancy between what is and what isn't worthy of a hearing, a fine or suspension by the Department of Player who makes, Safety. Who makes that decision? What's worthy of a George, hearing? Is it Bettman George or? George Peros. It's Peros. Is it not Bettman somebody? Has, Bettman no, no, has okay. no control over what the. Is it not somebody de- who, who sends the player to the hearing and then Peros decides what the outcome is? Or does Peros I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, ass- I'm going to assume since Peros oversees the Department of Player Safety, he has some say. Like if someone says, I don't want this guy to have a hearing, and then he's like, no, I think he needs a hearing. Like you would think that the the, the leader of that, 
group would have a say. Well, one of the, the league needs to do, they need to have a guy like Peros, but then also a guy like Shanahan. They need to have two of them because you have a player who played on the edge and then you also have a player who more than likely took those hits in his career. And then they you can need to have a guy. You, you don't even need to have a player. You don't even need to have a player. You just need to have someone that's going to make a competent decision. Because clearly, we. I miss the videos. I miss. I bring the videos back. The videos that well, I want. I want you to. Why. I want you to you know explain. I mean? Well, what they need to do is, if the team should be able to complain, and say, "All right, I want you to explain to me why this wasn't a suspension." I want I want to hear George Peros explain to us why McDonough didn't get a hearing. Yes. I was gonna oh, say, that's what so I want. If the NBA the, the NBA does the two minute drill where the refs will say, say what they messed up, I want Tom, to hear the Department of Player Safety. If Tom Wilson can get suspended for twenty some games and then, um, what's it called? Uh, like debate it. What what what's it called? Or arbitrate it? And then he gets a yeah. lesser amount of games. I I think teams should be able to do that too. So if Bennett gets suspended a game, then the Florida Panthers organization can go to the Department of Player Safety and be like, hey, if he got suspended, how come this, 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 and this didn't get suspended? That's in the exactly same what game. should that, that should it, I mean, it's not like the Department of Player Safety has much to do, right? They don't have that much to do. And they watch you get the a they, fine and you get a fine. Yeah, <laughs> like like what? You watch the games, you make oh you, you make God, like I one suspension every couple of games. Like, how about you actually review the stuff then? I want to hear why McDonough make a statement for every single disciplinary action. Tell me why McDonough any any interference call should be looked at, right? Like quickly, you can look at it for six seconds. Any call, period. Like you can almost make you can make a case that a tripping penalty could be a suspension if it's like the the one Sorokin. He... Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Like, obviously, don't suspend him, but I wouldn't have suspended him. Neither would I. But you can look at it. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Takes a minute. <laughs> exactly. Less than that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think we can all, so we stop running around. I think we can all agree. There's a system in place that makes no sense. Nazem yep. Kadri gets suspended for an entirety of a series. <laughs> not even a, not even that a the set amount won. of games. That the least yes, he, get, he gets sent out from the entirety of a series for something that didn't even look half as bad as the Tom Wilson thing. Um, I think. Some who, whoever was on the flyers that broke Brendan Gallagher's jaw looked worse last year in the playoffs than what Kadri did. He gets suspended and repeat offender out. Tom Wilson I was gonna say, takes his stick and puts all his body weight on a guy's head, five thousand dollar fine. So, yeah. so Tom Wilson was suspended earlier in the season, right? Earlier this season, wasn't no, it? Wasn't, four wasn't this the season that he was suspended like four or five games? Maybe. He I just got, so. yeah, he got one. So earlier. when he when he got when he was being when he was having the hearing for what happened with the Buchnevich and Panarin thing, they said he wasn't a repeat offender. What? Tom what? He's been suspended like been... thirty games in his career. Yes. So the yeah. way the way the way that they do the the repeat offender <laughs> thing is if it's within two years, That's... within two years it's reset. So so are you telling me? No, nah, I'm not even gonna bring up the Todd Bertuzzi thing. I'm gonna, well, exactly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna like three years ago, he was, he got like 20 games or something. I'm gonna go back to yeah. years ago. Uh, Rafi Torres. Uh, after every incident he did, even if there was three years between it, he was looked at as a repeat offender, and that's why his final game that he played was when he um, sidelined uh, Marion Hosa, and he was suspended 42 games, and that was it. That was his career. Why? Because he did it years and years and years in the league. And 
like, and then George Peros looks at the book exactly. And he's like, Oh, so this is not a repeat offender because he didn't do this action. He didn't get suspended so, for this. Someone really action. tried to bring up a CBA rule about the third man in when I said Tom Wilson didn't get a fine. When I said Tom Wilson didn't get suspended, he, he's like, did you read the CBA? Because I did. He gives me the exact CBA rule. I read the rule that he said it was. He was talking about third man in. Tom Wilson putting his stick on a guy's neck has nothing to do with the third man in rule. Tom Wilson grabbing a guy's hair and body slamming him to the ice and then punching him has nothing to do with the third man in rule. He's like, Panarin should have been tossed if he wasn't injured. Okay, Panarin would have been tossed after Tom Wilson ragdolled him. So you Twitter Did you see what Kevin Biaxa said about shit. that? Did you see what Kevin Biaxa said about that? Oh, he said. oh nah. my God. He was basically saying it's no different than when Zendane Ochara fights somebody. He ragdoll he ragdolls them too. And I'm like, Zendane oh, Ochara doesn't on, grab someone's hair. Come on. And then <laughs> body slam them to the ice. I think I he know. said that because he he fought Zendane Ochara at one point in his career. And I think he, he got, got dummied. He got thrown like that too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I think I think we can do an entire episode just being confused on what is and what isn't worthy of a suspension by the Department of Player Safety because it's just been terrible, yeah. honestly. Um, I kind of wanted to bring up one more thing too. Uh, this Tampa series, this Tampa Florida series, I mean, obviously it's been going on since the end of the regular season, since those two games when we put them in the dirt. Um, I think what's Andre Vasilevsky's deal? I don't know if he can figure us out. Like, yeah, he he, he beat us game one, but you know we put up four goals at least don't, against. It's the third time don't, the Panthers put up. This is the third. Oh, don't poke the bear. Don't poke the bear. You know what? You know what? Don't say, even poke the bear. Poke don't poke the bear. The bear. He's gonna that's shut Andre us out tonight. Oh <laughs> that's God. poking the bear. That's Eli's like, talking about the best goaltender in the world right now. You want to talk about the guy? The Vezina. I understand, but you got to look at it, right? Panthers. They they put they beat Andre Vasilevsky. What was it like five times this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right? No, I don't disagree with you. I, he, okay. he struggles four, against us four times. So they beat four McElhinney times. Once, we're whoever we're figuring it out. Like we're figuring him out. We're scoring goals on him. We've done it consistently all year, and like it, it hasn't come into question at all when we played against him. Well, I uh, think I mean, Florida. So when you're playing inner division, I think Florida offensively. Even strength, at least, they kind of they, their system kind of works against Tampa a bit, a little bit. Um, I don't think Carolina had the best five on five play when they played against the Panthers. I honestly didn't, but their power play and, and penalty kill was really what gave them the first seed because the Panthers, if they beat Carolina twice, they would have won um, the first seed. So I think five on five play, the Panthers can catch Vasilevsky better than other teams could, better than a Nashville could. But I will never – the same way I wasn't going to count on Bob because Bob would have won the game if there wasn't uh, three short-handed goals. But the Panthers are the only team to put up four more goals three times this season on Vasilevsky. So that could be something in his head. But yeah, I, I don't want to poke the bear on a Vezina winner. <laughs> Look, he's yeah, obviously yeah, and, and keep in, in mind, we'll have no Sam Will- Sam Bennett tonight, who's I think had two two point two games, like and the he would have had three games w- against Tampa. So, and he would have had a goal if they didn't disallow it. Man, the referees are yeah, something. that was a goal. I'm sorry, that was a goal. 
Mm. Yeah, the, the puck was loose. He didn't push the pad. Nah. See, and it was push the pad. It was really tough. Vashilevsky's skate with his like pad going back, it was it was his skate was locked against the post, and then he pushed his pad. It was yeah. Anyways, I think think if they called it a goal on the ice, it might have stood, but because they said no goal, if you would have reviewed it, it would have been no goal again. I don't even think they can review that, can they? Can they review they a can challenge goal? It. They can tr- yeah. yeah, the Panthers they can challenge, can challenge it. it. Yeah, yes, that's what I mean. The Panthers can challenge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's enough for um our discomfort for the lightning <laughs> cap and the the referees and the department of player safety. So anything else, boys? Uh no, that's about it. <clears throat> uh thank you yeah, everyone just tune for in listening. To, uh, yeah. Tune in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh thanks yeah. everyone for listening. We'll be back in uh about a week to talk about least would have played two games at that point. There might be a series done next time we speak, but we'll see. So thanks for listening to this episode of Pigeons in a Pod.